It's longer time. Yay! Yay. Lager Time Poems, Stories and Thoughts By me, Paul Cree Who else? Yeah Greetings, bonjour What's happening? Welcome to Lager Time Lager Lights of Lagerland Unite it's been two weeks since I uploaded the second part of the stand-in blend-out story. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm trying this two-podcast-a-month thing. Feels a bit weird, like something's missing. But I think it's worth sticking with for now, as it got quite inconsistent towards the end of last year. I would like to be more consistent with it going forward. So one story podcast and one miscellaneous show per month. How about that, Lager Lights? What it has in a way made me do is work to develop a more regular writing practice for the poems and the like. It's early days, so we'll see. But I still enjoy writing random poems about this and that. In the past, I've tended to write them in bursts or on the odd occasion where I feel like it as opposed to doing it regularly. So how it works now is just me keeping a file with anything I find interesting from the one regular writing practice I do keep, which is these messy mind dumps which I do almost daily, which some call free writing, then extracting out things from there. I've been doing this on a regular basis for years now, so potentially like shale gas or something, there's an abundance of untapped inspiration that could well blow up in my face. On the subject of free writing thing that I do, one reason I enjoy doing it is that it reminds me of the sheer amount of utter bollocks that makes up my thinking at any one time. There are some twats out there that do this writing caper that probably think of themselves as some kind of superior intellect who should be paid handsomely for every breath they bless us with. The idea with the free writing thing is you write down all the thoughts that come into your head with the aim of clearing a path for more considered thinking, hence the dumping in mind dump. I think a lot, so there's a lot of crap in there. So there's a lot of dumping. Too much junk food maybe. When I do it on a Word document, it just ends up being a messy block of black writing with untold red lines underneath, which in all honesty, is about 95% inane crap, like not even remotely interesting, mostly shite about noises outside on the street or that ginger cat that keeps mugging off my dogs or things that have pissed me off. Just every now and again, I'll hit on something that is interesting, which occasionally goes on to become something else. But when I look at the rest and see all the shite, it's humbling, mate. I'm just so humble, as the hypothetical aforementioned twat probably thinks. However, I've been doing the free writing thing for years, but have got into a habit with the way I was doing it, which I don't think was serving any great purpose and sometimes would make me even more pissed off. So recently, I made a bit of a change. 
since the start of the year, instead of frantically trying to capture all the crazed thoughts that float around my head, instead, I've been focusing on trying to type without looking at the keyboard. It's been a bit of a game changer, mate. If you follow my work or have ever had communications with me over text or email, you'll know I have a lot of difficulty with spelling and often missing out entire words from sentences. Doing this no-look typing thing, I have to type slower, much slower, and hold the thoughts in my head a bit longer. The result of this being, my spelling has improved, as has my clarity, I'd say. However, I have to sit still a lot longer. Something else I also have difficulty with. It's hard, mate. But I guess the point of this is, is that it's small improvements. And speaking of small improvements, I've made these wooden frames for my office come studio and stuffed them with acoustic panels and covered them in black cloth, which now sit to the left and right of me and above my head on the ceiling. It's taken me months to do this, and it's all a bit of a botched job, but I finally did it, and my wife can see of her own eyes something that I said I wanted to do 18 months ago is now in existence. I've had to buy equipment, cut, drill, staple and hang. Previously, I wouldn't have even attempted to do this, as organising everything would have seemed too big a task and probably used the excuse of being shit at DIY. What I've realised in doing this is that whilst I am shit at DIY, I had no confidence to even attempt such a thing. My ability to catastrophize is for the most part really unhelpful at best. At one point I thought that if I drilled this one hole I convinced myself I was going to collapse the wall into next door. But I persevered and they're now up. I'm just so resilient, as the aforementioned hypothetical humble resilient twat probably thinks. I've learned a thing or two in the process, and the sound in the room I'm recording is vastly improved. Like this podcast, it's far from perfect, but something is better than nothing. So being this is the miscellaneous part of the month, I thought I'd share a recording of the recent gig I did at Poetry on Poppadoms. The audio isn't the best, but I've tried to clean it up a bit. I brought a small audio recorder with me and left it on my chair on the audience when I got to perform. So there's a few voices around me that you'll hear a bit louder than they should be. I'll include the set list below and in the podcast description. The intro is from Paul Lyles. It was a great night. Couple of little large ups. All the troops from the spoken word course I've been running with City Academy over in Farringdon. It's a great group of guys. In case you're interested in getting involved, there's hopefully some more courses coming up later this year. Have a butcher's at the City Academy website. Large up poet Tyrone Lewis, who I've bumped into a couple of times on my way up there. I know Tyrone from way back in my roundhouse days. And finally, large up Cree Paul, who sent me a random message via my website, merely because we have the same names, but the other way round. Really made me smile. So that's it for now. Enjoy the set. I've just finished the draft of the next story, which should be up in two weeks. Peas and taters. Paul.
Right, uh, to take it into the break, guys, to take us into the break, when you go back to the bar and you get some drinks and you wonder where all the furniture's gone. Uh, so, uh, a fantastic performer. I first went to him, I don't know, must be about 15 years ago. And he's absolutely amazing talent. And each year I just watch him get better and better, uh, you know, one man shows and then even branching out uh, to share his skills uh, with younger generations, running incredible workshops. And he's an all-round talent, and not only that, he's an all-round lovely person as well. Would you please welcome onto the stage, we have a fantastic poetry moment as well, for Mr. Paul Craig. <laughs> It's nice to be back here at Poetry on Bobber Dance. It's a, ooh, it's a night of coincidences. And uh, obviously my name's Paul. Paul Lyles. He's also called Paul. Um, I like football. Paul likes football. But he sports leads. I sport Millwall. Now normally, uh, me and Paul like to meet at some nondescript service station just off the M1, uh, where we swing it out with poems, but tonight it's just poems, <laughs> or maybe in the car park. <laughs> Alright, so um, I've been doing this for a few years now, so I'm going to do uh, a little mixed set tonight. It's been a while since I've been up on a stage and read poems, so I'm excited and nervous. I've got a few of uh, some young guys with me tonight, large up the tree, much don't judge me. Anything bad you hear, it weren't me. All right? Okay, so I'm going to start off. So, believe it or not, I'm going to be 40 years old this year. I know what you're thinking. You're definitely 39. Um, you'll be right. Uh, I have noticed my life slowed down a little bit, and there is something that I love doing now, which perhaps I weren't so fussed about in my 20s. All right? This is relevant to this. So this piece is called Fingers on the Buzzer. I like my morning read, don't like being disturbed, focus is finite, there's already enough noise inside my head, don't need any more, like the phone. Mrs. is away, the dogs are away, just me, my thoughts, a book, a cup of tea, and whatever peripheral sounds are coming in through the window, summer's in mate. Back door ajar, washing's out, breakfast is done, let's get down to business. I'm trying to get into this book about employment. So far it's touched on Marxism and unions and neoliberalism. It just touches that punch like blows to my brain. I have to really concentrate, take my time, rereading paragraphs, try to make it make sense. Got the usual internal racket distracting me with nonsense throwing me off. Some fly buzzes in. This thick black one that moves like a pinball on amphetamines. Notoriously hard to catch. They drive my wife round the bend. She zaps them with this barely legal tennis racket that produces a small electric shock like a whimsical execution amusement ride that a 1950s butt is. <laughs> Me, I'm not so bothered. Usually I just leave them be, even though they ain't. Today, 
Today, I am though, it's the final distraction. Tipping my focus over the edge to a place I know oh so well. Where faded bits of homework barely started, funding forms, application forms, unborn projects, undone domestic tasks, old friendships and foes have a permanent home in some sweaty purgatory of shame and failure. <laughs> the little prick has my full focus now. <laughs> I'm willing it towards the window. Go on, son, do one. The thing is so erratic, it gets to the window and just bounces off the glass and pings straight back in the opposite direction. What's your objective here, mate? Where are you going? What are you trying to do? Lay eggs? Bite something? Bang something? I don't suppose they pollinate. Should ask my mate, Leeds. This is his territory, he loves insects. Alas, he's in Greece. <laughs> so what is it this prick wants? Is it a proxy agent working for my wife? Sending detailed surveillance notes about my activities? Or lack of? Can't be. My wife would never fraternise with the enemy. Her principles are titanium. Look at this noisy prick. That's a lot of sound for a tiny black blob. Just go away, mate. Please. Just go. Trying to read. To be fair, it is a bit nuts in an interesting way. This hairy black blob nipping through the air like an Apache helicopter over a buzzy airbase prepping for war. The front lines of my living room, agent pollen dropping relief sacks onto the carpet. It's quite amazing actually, defying gravity like that. Fair play, you irritating fuzzy prick. <laughs> it head towards the window. Makes it this time. Through the crack and now into freedom. And just like that, peace is restored. I feel good. Relief at last. No one was hurt in the airing of this. And I've now got something to write about. <laughs> what was I doing before? So I Shout out there to my, my friend uh, Gary from Leeds, another Leeds fan, another poet. He does write about insects. He runs a, a, a blog called Insects and that. It's very good. Uh, Check it out. Uh, I'm surrounded by Leeds fans. Okay, so this one, I'm going to go back in time a little bit to school days, to uh, I suppose where maybe the first, not uh, say forays, but where I started to become conscious of, of politics, that it was a thing. This is called Born Slippery. Must have been around 97. Aside from the names of a few of the big hitters, can't say I knew much about politics. The whole game seemed like a coded language that only a select few slick elitists understood. But I was curious and often frustrated that they did and I didn't. We were sat in assembly and for once it was a little different. It was announced that some six formers were going to be representing each of the major political parties and giving speeches. We then had to vote for who our favourite was. Democracy in action. It was exciting. Though I don't think politics was ever again mentioned. I remember the guy representing the Labour Party. He went last, and I'm pretty sure he was head boy at the time. 
Good looking, popular, high street clobber and a sheen of cool that filled me with annoyance and envy. He confidently stepped up to the podium to the opening few bars of Born Slippy by Underworld, all drenched in reverb and hands in the air 4am nightclub unity. He spoke for a good while. Yet aside from a few side swipes at the other speakers, I don't remember anything of what he said. Policies, promises, nothing. He won by a landslide. Of course he did. Born Slippy. Big chill. All right, okay. Uh, following on uh, from Celia's great performance is a, a, a sleep-related uh, poem. I often have sleep, not often, but occasionally have sleep issues uh, and some of the mad things that, that go through my mind at Celia o'clock in the morning where I can't sleep. I once tried, this is a, maybe about five years ago I wrote this, but I tried to detail some of the craziness that goes through. Okay, so this is called Sleep Locked. I'm Neo in the Matrix when he first opens his eyes. My phone says it's 2 a.m. I've been awake since 1994. <laughs> There's a stampede of Doc Martin wearing wildebeest trampling my brain cells. Hold tight, Mufasa. <laughs> my tax return needs doing. In Croydon, there's that pub which puts on shows. What's stopping me? <laughs> Fuck everyone. All right, not everyone. Just some of you, please. <laughs> Thank you. I'm watching that project I haven't worked on in two months to the 1950s train platform and I'm sat in the locomotive carriage wearing a school uniform with the socks pulled up covering my ears over the engine's whistle looking like the BBC on a Sunday evening. Why were those programmes always about posh kids? I'm Diego Costa at the corner flag in front of a stand of angry fans who really don't like him. My sleep cycle has a puncture when someone's cut the brake cables. Thinking about thinking is a feedback loop that will one day short circuit my brain. Writing about writing is for wankers. I'm a wanker. <laughs> My ego is Queen Elizabeth in an all-black night tracksuit, with all her subjects in dignitaries filming a rap video outside Windsor Castle. <laughs> There's a thousand rap battles that I could be watching right now. Is it possible to be addicted to thinking? I'm a thought junkie relapsing outside any tube station south of the elephant. My face is pressed against the glass of any Zone 2 coffee shop, staring at the backs of laptops, wondering what are those people actually doing. <laughs> I'm a swan on a surgeon's table, strapped down being force-fed a mochaccino. Each paranoid voice is the sound of a thousand percolators brewing in harmony. Did I mention that I don't like coffee? <laughs> My stomach is confused, and I'm working the early shifts at the airport again, drinking caffeine when I know it turns my tummy inside out. That geezer from the Weatherspoons in the North Terminal who used to give me the free teas looked like Steven Seagal. <laughs> if Lee Gregory had scored half his one-on-one -on -one so far this season, I approximate he would have two million goals. <laughs> There's a ruddy-faced man screaming at the top of his voice at the young academy prospect who tried to do a couple of stepovers to beat a defender. This situation is like having the shit kicked out of you. Just when you think it's subsided, you slowly rise and need to take another boot in the face and the pasting begins all over again. I'm really glad Fizzy Truitts have made a comeback. <laughs> 3 a.m. I'm going downstairs. Thank you. <laughs> uh,
you, you may have heard, there was a reference to, uh, to someone very famous uh, in, in that poem uh, who's no longer with us. I'm sure you all know who I'm talking about. But I did a quick Google search before I came here, and Lee Gregory is currently playing for Sheffield Wednesday, uh, and he's still not scoring. <laughs> but we miss him dearly. All right, okay, so I'm going to do a, a few little short ones and then finish off, and I think you can all go and get to the bar and do what you need to do. Okay, all right, so uh, this is a piece called Paper Trail. Meanwhile, at internet headquarters, a proud-looking man walks into reception. I'm here for my internet file, he says. The receptionist spins round to a grey filing cabinet and retrieves a green folder, handed it to the man. He looks at it, pauses, then walks away, head down, forlorn. Right, there's another short one, school broad brush strokes. At school, I was shit at painting. Thought it used to ruin pictures I'd carefully drawn in pencil or biro. <laughs> Glad you agree. <laughs> Time weren't taken to develop technique. Despite the plainness, there was detail in them one nib picks. Colour crapped all over this. So when forced, I'd apply broad brush strokes and muddy the picture. As that was all I could do. True story. <laughs> or was it a metaphor? Good <laughs> in my crap painting. Okay. Uh, it's called Jazzlock, day 187, guilty conscience. If all them famous writers and poets had the internet too, would they have got half their shit done? Okay, This is called, uh, what happened to drum and bass? No thanks. Probably more little short ones. Called Independence Day. After days and days of sweatery, sweltering, sweaty South London slum, there's a big, bleak-looking rain cloud resting over Plumstead, like those massive alien ships sitting above famous landmarks in big global cities, reminding me of how excited I was when I first saw the hypercool 3D trailer for Independence Day, age 13. Hopefully, this cloud won't let me down as much as that film did. <laughs> <laughs> Last one in this bit, alright? Where's Paul? Am I doing alright for him? Yeah, 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 okay, right, and then I'm going to do one little one to finish off. So, this is uh, called Life Affirming Moments Part 1. A young man of 19 is rummaging through his wallet looking for his gym pass. In amongst the receipts, chewing gum wrappers, and train tickets, he finds the date expired unused condom, curry flavour. <laughs> he bought it from a vending machine on his 16th birthday. He holds it, he can feel it's gone dry and crusty. <laughs> He's still wearing too much links, and the hair gel is still slooping off his head in wet weather. V-plates very much intact, along with his optimism. Never give up is his mantra. Right, there you go. Uh, that may, may or may not have been me at 19. Possibly the curry was from actually from a pub called the King's Head in New York. Maybe not though. Okay, so I'm going to do one more. Um, before I finish, I have got uh, a few copies uh, of a book I put out a few years ago now. It's a bourbon, it's a collection of stories and poems. Uh, I have a few copies on me. If anyone's interested, come and see me at the break. But the last thing I'm going to do tonight. Um, 
is a, a piece I wrote a couple of years ago for an event uh, that I can't quite remember the name of, but it's about, it's a poetry event that's uh, all based around hip-hop. As people get asked to write poems that have been inspired by hip-hop, my background with writing is, is rapping and MCing, I still do that stuff, uh, make beats. But also I come from a big family, I'm one of seven kids, I'm number six, and everyone in my family is, is musically orientated, so music was a big deal for us growing up. Uh, and still is. It also goes some way to explaining being number six or seven, why it is I do this, because obviously uh, I didn't get to say much. Um, <laughs> so this is called, um, we got my brother Daniel's in the building tonight with his mates as well. Right, this is called uh, Times of Respect. Fade to the background, mid-1990s, dinner time, my house. One round dining table, too many mouths. Knives and forks, scrape plates, each dish contains the same. Chips, beans, something green and something that passed as protein. Dad's holding court as my siblings talk. School, telly, news, sport, small talk in the conversational canon. Secondary topics on the family hot list. Top of the pops round this table is music. Not long before the talk turns towards it. Turns taken to state claims. Each sibling with a chosen genre. Worn like body armour, sworn to protect. Me, still finding my feet. My siblings already established with a scene. Techno, grunge, big beat, hip-hop, jungle and indie. Final word belonging to dad. Blues and folk man with industry experience. The giver of the music gene overseeing the show. Me in shadow, eager and keen. Desperately waiting for the conversation to let me in. I may be 13 but I know a few things. And I know what I feel when I feel those things. My older siblings are arguing. The train sporting film score are underworld underground anymore. It's like cars in rush hour, words fly back and forth. Nirvana, the prodigy, Wu Tang, running slides on the orb. I'm poking food with my fork, scanning the traffic reports, waiting for a safe spot to step out, find my lane, set a course. A high risk maneuver with scars from before. I'm feeling sure I'm news on music too, is what I live for. Mouth smooth, words few, yet my lips remain tall. Each artist's album and song triggers a neuron spawn in a thought. Ideas and opinions bounce around my brain like lottery balls eager to be drawn. Chances of hitting that winning combination are slim. Hope's light is dim, yet dawn is beginning. I'm only 13, but I know a few things. And I know what I feel when I feel those things. The conversation moves. Dad observes whilst he chews. My oldest brother turns to the next one down and says, I've been listening to Gangstar, mate, Guru, Code of the Streets, Big Tune. Neurons in my brain immediately illuminate. Neural pathways light up like late night traffic on the motorway. I'm in. My brother doesn't know it, but I've had that record on repeat. Sneaking into his room whilst he worked the late shifts. Removing a 12 inch with delicate fingertips. Placing the vinyl on the player, selecting the speed, lowering the needle and imagining that Guru was actually rapping to me. The beat infectious, the strings serene, and I know that's DJ Premier scratching in between. I read the sleeve. <laughs> it's code of the streets. It's my time to speak. My mind's gone into rupture. Lottery balls are preparing for departure. Each thought an idea, a golden grain of sand. Could build castles with my hands. Take the table, let them know I understand. Impress my siblings, maybe even dad. What I'm about to say is about to make a boy into a man. From mind to mouth, each word bound for a sentence rides out like kiddies on water slides. 
till they hit the saliva glands and form cement. <laughs> Doubt seeps in, starts to set, bottleneck sludge fest in the back of my throat. When the words finally get the green light to go Beyond the pink of the lips, siblings' ears prick The sentence slips and flops out into the traffic flow In one messy lump of span congealed audio I was, uh, the tune, uh, I, I like that song that I was <laughs> rapping about selling drugs and, and kids being harassed by the police Speak up boy, you're mumbling <laughs> Guru dad, that song Code of the streets, he's talking about dealing drugs and kids being harassed by the police. How do you know about this? Dad barks. My oldest brother interjects. Wait a minute, have you been going into my room and listening to my records again? <laughs> Dad, he got this from you. The lottery balls have stopped pinging around, dropped midair to the ground as if someone pulled the plug out. The arguing continues. I stare at my food. Dad lectures my siblings about letting me in their room what I should and shouldn't be listening to. He doesn't know that Guru speaks the truth and the music speaks to me. I'm only 13 but I know a few things and I know what I feel when I feel those things. Fade back to the background. I've got code of the streets in my head on loop. For now, that I'll have to do. Thank you very much for listening to me. Lager time. Poems, stories, and thoughts. By me, Paul Cree. Who else?